0: Hey generation, just before we begin, just want to let you know about the big weekend. It's entitled Holy Ground this year, and we're going to be looking at all things to do with holiness and how we as a generation can set ourselves apart for Christ. This weekend is going to run from the 11th to the 13th of October. Early bird registrations are on now. Click the link in the description or the show notes and get involved. Welcome to Generation Podcast, where we have real conversations about what God is doing in this generation. My name's Joshua Mann, and joining me once again, as always, the one and only Sam Haywood. Josh Mann. How Listeners, go- how are you? It's good to be back on it the podcast great. again. It is great. Now, this is, uh, this is episode number five, Sammy. So number five? We're getting up there. Oh my
1: goodness. <laughs> wow. I feel like we've been doing this forever, but we
0: have not. <laughs> we, we have not. We have not. And it's been... I think we should say it's just been it's been an awesome experience for for both of us to to go through and talk about idols, but also be convicted like nothing else. Um, And and we shared we shared that over the last
1: couple of weeks. Those uh, who know us will know that Josh and I have actually been convicted over every single one of these idols in a way that we did not expect.
0: Yeah, correct. Well, and it's opened up conversations like last last episode about community. Um, mm. I was able to have an awesome discussion with my group of friends and yeah. talk about that. So we're hoping that this this podcast is gonna be impacting the listeners and you guys as, as much as it is it as much as it's impacting us. It has been impacting us over yeah. the last couple of weeks. A little bit tongue-twisted there, <laughs> anyway. <mate>. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting there. I thought you should be good at this after yeah. episode five. Um, but yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Mm. If you are joining us for the first time, we are doing a series on idols and looking at some prominent idols in our culture and trying to crush them, trying to get rid of them so that we can seek the face of God. Mm. And as we mentioned, we looked at community last episode. Today, we're going to try and tackle the idol of relationships. Mm, 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 so, Not ready for this. The idol of relationships. And before we tackle that, before we get into that, uh, we, we're coming at this from, I, I've been married for, for three years. I've been in a relationship for 10 years, a romantic relationship, that is. Mm. Um, plenty of members of our research team are in relationships. There are people who are single. Um, Sam is currently single at the moment. Is that correct? That's correct. So we, we want to acknowledge straight away that we're not coming at this just from people who are married, who, Mm. who, um, have a relationship, but we've had numerous experiences and various experiences. And and so that's where we're coming from. Mm. Right. Um, so to, to launch straight into it, what do we mean by relationships? And, and, (laughs) we can often think that it's just romantic right when we're mm-hmm. talking about relationships what do we mean by it?
1: i think relationships are well it's it's a lot broader than we think so it's basically about our interaction with uh, people in in any capacity uh so or or actually technically objects as as well because you can have a relationship to a thing but what we're going to be talking about today is particularly romantic relationships uh friendships and um, we're going to kind of split romantic relationships into marriage and also dating relationships because there are some differences in outcomes there and and friendships. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But the first thing I want to just get into is that relationships are very good. So good. Like we we were created for relationships and we touched mm. on that last week, last episode. That you know Gen- the Genesis story that Adam and Eve, they were created to be in relationship, right? I'm going to flesh that out a little bit.
1: I do. So we're going to grab our, our Bibles. and always a good thing. It's always a good thing. And we're going to open up to uh, Genesis uh, chapter two, because this is kind of where where we realise for the first time that something about God's creation uh, wasn't good, wasn't good. And it actually had to do with relationships. So we read in, in chapter two of Genesis verse 18, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. So it is not good for man to be alone. Without other people, without relationships, Adam um, was spending a lot of time with the animals and with God as well. And it was God who said that there's something missing. His intention for Adam had not yet been fulfilled. And so God created Eve and Adam entered into relationship for the first time. Yeah. Did he create Eve specifically for a romantic relationship then and there? Well, I mean, the picture that we get from the Bible is, yeah, so... Uh, It's funny because it didn't seem like Eve had a choice. (laughs) Like she didn't meet Adam and then God said, do you like him? (laughs) Would you like to start dating or courting? You know, you guys can go and grab coffee and get to know each other. It was like God created a wife for Adam. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And the picture there is yes we're created for romantic relationships, but we're just created to be with other people. Yes. We're created to be in community mm. with other people sharing the highs and the lows of life. And the Bible is full of that. You know, when when Job look look at the book of Job when mm. his life is tearing apart, he's being torn apart, mm. he goes to his friends. And sometimes they in
1: the book of Job they don't give him the best advice, but yeah. still
0: he's surrounded by people.
1: Yeah. And the Bible paints a very, very clear picture that God has always designed His people to be in community and in relationship, and that it's actually through relationship that God typically grows and strengthens His people. It's very rare that God will sanctify someone or grow someone outside of relationships with other people. So even in the story of, of David, you know, sleeping with Bathsheba and his heart is kind of hard towards it until the, the prophet Nathan calls him out. Yeah, And so relationships are just so integral to God's plan for us.
0: Yeah. And so we just want to start off by saying they are a good thing. You know, mm. God has created us to be in relationships. And even my my big thing, I'm a school chaplain, my big thing about evangelism in a school context is it's all about Relationships—you've got to get to know the students before you can even think to chat to them about Christ, and that mm. should be the same about anyone when it comes to evangelism in any context. You need to get to know people before you can share share the gospel.
1: Um, yeah, and it's also like—I'm guessing your your model there is model of Christ, exactly. <laughs> because funny that, <laughs> funny that, because he totally did his ministry in. Relationship with people. Yeah, Jesus in fact seems to have incredibly deep connection with particularly his twelve disciples. It says that uh, John was the disciple that Jesus loved, and they seem to have a really deep connection with each other. So Jesus did life here when he was on earth in relationship, deep relationship with other people. Yeah,
0: and be- yeah, and because relationships are such are such good things, and we are created for them, the issue is that we, sometimes we elevate relationships above God
2: yeah. right,
0: and that's when it becomes an idol. Yes. We elevate the importance of having a relationship above the importance of God mm. and the integral nature of having a relationship with God. Mm. Um, and so that's what we mean by having a I- relationship, being an idol, when we elevate that
1: mm. above our need for God. Is that right? It is right. I think, uh, a helpful way to think about it is idolizing something. Yeah. You know, we, we take a good thing and we idolize it, which means we, we begin to worship it as God and, and put our faith in it. Because uh, anything, we can idolize anything. We know that God created sex as a good thing, but we can idolize it. And when we idolize something, we're actually willing to take it out of the contexts in which God created for it to exist in because we're idolizing it and we think, well, because this is God, it gets to choose where it goes. Yeah. And so we say, well, if we idolize sex, now sex gets to define where sex goes. And yeah. so now sex can be outside of a marriage mm. because we've idolized mm. it. But only God is God. Only God is God. And we need to remember that. We do need to remember that. And we need to God first and only God is God. And the funny thing about <laughs> that is only God is good at being God. Correct. That's, that's another narrative we get through scripture. God's constantly telling his people, these things that you're worshiping, don't work. They yeah. make pretty crummy gods. <laughs> exactly.
0: And when we're talking about relationships, we said there's, there's three different ones we're going to briefly touch on. Mm. Um, but we, we, marriage and, and dating, but also friendships. And I think the biggest thing for marriage, it, when it becomes an idol, we sort of see it as the ultimate goal. I'm going to be talking about that a little later on. And then we come to dating and the issue when it becomes an idol is we we feel incomplete without a partner.
1: Would you agree with that? We, yeah. Well, that's our culture. I mean, what's that yeah. movie? Is it Tom? I'm terrible with movies. Oh, we suck at movies. I knew the mask. It's, you in, know, the you complete it. me. It's that Tom, the guy. Tom that's Hanks? In, no, 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 no. <laughs> who's in the, the jet the jet fighter? This is why you're on the podcast, Ben. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Oh, wow. Wow, <laughs> this is amazing. It's, have, it's so good for you to have a mic. Tom Cruise, okay. That is was... It, Pause, pause, pause. That was Ben Tran, our producer,
0: by the way. Thank you, Ben, for saving Thank us. Thank you, Ben, for <laughs> that.
1: There's, uh, there's a movie. I think it's, I don't know, Renee Zellweger or something.
0: Anyway, just keep going. Okay. What's the plot? Anyway, <laughs> the,
1: the, there's a moment in the movie where they both go, "You complete me." Yes. And that's what. Hollywood has taught us relationships are for, yeah. you're incomplete without them, without them. You're yeah. And particularly um, romantic relationships. So it's like, you need to find your other half Yeah. as if you're only a half until you find another half like and then you make a whole The yin and yang, the stuff. yin and yang and the, the push and pull yeah. and you complete me. It's so unhelpful. Mm. Yeah. I'm it's passionate Ger- about Jerry Maguire, by the way, Jerry Maguire. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah. That's the movie. Um, it's beautiful, but it's unhelpful.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then we get to friendships and we can idolize friendships because often, you know, when a crisis happens in our life, we tend to just run straight to our friends and our friends mm. can be our safe haven. And our friends can be our comfort first, okay? Yes, that's good. And we're mm. created to be in relationships so that we have can have comfort, so we can b- build each other up in mm. our friendships. But God should be our first port first of call, right?
1: Yeah, because, well, yeah... Look, friends can point us toward God. Okay. Like that's kind of like, I think it's okay to run to your friends if your intention is these friends help me see God or Mm. understand God in a moment where I I can't. And that's why Job's friends failed in the book of Job. So Job goes to his friends pretty fast. And what we really see in the book of Job is humanity's wisdom is exhausted in Job's friends. They're actually putting forward really good cases for job's predicament and cases that are outlined in the book of proverbs so they're not off the mark the problem is they don't uh they're not enough yeah and so in the end of the book you kind of get well they weren't enough and they and job needed to listen to the true voice of wisdom which is god yahweh um job runs to his friends they're not enough but they should have pointed him more to God, so that's kind of what our friends are doing, which is playing out the relationship of God to people, which is we exist to point each other collectively to God. Yeah, but we're not God ourselves. We're not God ourselves, so we can't run to our friends like they're God. No, and we can't put that expectation on our yeah. friends because we will crush our friends. Mm.
0: So that's the issue when we come when we look at relationships as an idol, mm. um, and so to you know, to get a bit deeper into relationships, we're going to be looking at specifically romantic relationships um, for the next part of this, of this discussion. And So I'm going
1: to sign off <laughs> and Josh is just going to talk. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs> Catch you later.
0: <laughs> but um, I think it's really helpful, really, you, we need to discuss the fact that our society, Christian and non-Christian, secular and um, within the church, we view romantic relationships as the ultimate
1: goal. We do. Why? Oh, that is a really good question. Why? Um, I mean, let's make a point that we, in fact, do see it as the ultimate goal. Yeah. The highest rated TV show at the moment is in it's Sydney, at least where we are, is Married at First Sight. Yeah. Um, maths. Maths. People love it, man. Um, yeah. The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. Like, bachelor in Paradise. Bachelor in Paradise, these are all really good examples of really bad relationships. (laughs) Yeah. And we soak it up because there's something in us that desires a romantic relationship. Here's the thing, that something in us that desires a romantic relationship, let's say it's good. Hmm. It's really good. As our desire for community is good. As our desire for approval is good. As our desire for truth is good. The problem is, um, we're watching all of these things because we're like, maybe this will be it for me. Maybe if I kind of loosen my view of what a marriage should be, because it's not working for me, then I'll then I'll be fulfilled and yeah. satisfied. Yeah,
0: we get caught up into the idea that our greatest joy is to love someone and be loved. In, in return. And that that is the ultimate joy in life that we can get is to be loved in return, to be in that romantic relationship. And that's what the contestants of <laughs> maths go into. That's what yeah. uh, the contestants of Bachelor go into. They believe that that person is going to be their greatest joy. They feel incomplete without that person. And when we watch that, we just lap
1: it Ah. we lap it up bro because we live in a world that says you are incomplete unless you have that person so your life's quest is to find that person i mean it's in disney dude like we're teaching our kids this stuff that the princess isn't complete until her prince comes and finds her or the prince isn't complete until he goes and finds his princess so we're teaching everybody that they're they're without, they're not fulfilled. They shouldn't be fulfilled mm. unless they're in this romantic relationship.
0: Yeah. Uh, it must be said, people watch Mass for the drama as well. And that's pretty funny to watch people. And I watch
1: Disney because it's amazing.
0: <laughs> that's great.
1: That's yeah, great. Thanks. Do you, can you name all the actors in Disney or you suck at that too? All the actors in Disney. Okay. Bro, do you know how many <laughs> actors in Disney there are? It's also a cartoon,
2: bro. <laughs> actors, they're voice
1: actors. Voice actors. I love having Ben on the podcast. How good is this? This is fantastic. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a little moment to get to know our producer Benjamin Tranter. and uh, he's not on camera because he did not wear the appropriate clothes <laughs> for our podcast. <laughs> he's <today>. gonna
2: he's <laughs> gonna face for a podcast. I'm gonna be neck on, maybe.
1: <laughs> a deep no beat, judgment. So no Phoenix. one wants to see a deep bean when 2019. <laughs> <laughs> so true, uh, Ben. <laughs> Josh has just lost his <laughs> mind. It's funny
2: because Ben is looking amazing today. He My colour will be, high be <laughs> <honest>. <laughs>
1: Um
2: Ben, what do you do for work? Uh, I work in video. I'm making um, making ads, making fun videos, and all that kind of thing. You're a visuals guy. I'm a visuals guy. <laughs> That's amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, so in, in your in your in your career, what has been like the the funniest thing
2: or the stupidest thing you've ever done? Um, we we. we a lot of weird things have happened um, <laughs> over the time. But I'd probably say when I was, I was doing a bit of freelance work um, and I was working for a friend at church and we were filming um, near, this, near a lake or right on a lake and as we were interviewing these two older people. I would say that they were probably in their 60s or so. And then we were recording audio and a kookaburra like, flies just behind the camera behind me. <laughs> and it's like on a tree, and it was really Where is loud. This just love this. Where is this <laughs> And it was super loud, and I was like, okay, we're getting it cut, too loud. And the lady was like, oh, just like throw something at it. I was like, all right, permission granted to throw something <laughs> at it. That's good. Appreciate that. And then I picked up a rock, pegged it at the kookaburra, and right. I hit the tree. I'm like, sweet, kookaburra flies away. <laughs> and then I hear this, like, <laughs> Boom. I'm like What was that second sound Like I was like Where did that rock land And right. I turn around And it's hit the woman In the face <laughs> <laughs> like, destroyed right. her And she's got a head down I'm like This isn't happening And the guy I'm working for Like I'm a contract, And the guy I'm working for Is like what have you done? And she put, she had a front fringe, um and she pulls it up. And you know when you get hit <laughs> in the face, and you get like it swells straight away. Yeah. She had a golf ball sized, oh, like like an bump egg. in her head. Goodness. It was terrible. Goodness. Yeah. And then the guy later was like, just say no. Her um her husband's a lawyer. And I was like, oh, this isn't great. <laughs> Bro, it was her idea. Yeah. She, uh, and that's why that's why I started the story with it was her idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I hit her in the head and made a golf ball on her head. She was a trooper though. She like. The front fringe over it. She's like, all right, let's roll. It. So that if you see the video, I won't tell you what the wow. video was for, but if you see the video, you can probably see the golf ball under her nice, front fridge. Nice. Well that's our producer Ben Trena. <laughs> He's a visuals guy that throws stones at sixty-year-olds. Oh <laughs>
0: And now
1: we're gonna get back into the podcast. Um
0: so The problem is because in church, we get caught up with that same ideology of the world. That's the ultimate goal. It's that one quest. Mm. And when the church looks the same as the world, it starts to become ineffective.
1: Yes, because the less the church, well, the more that the church is like the world, the less the church has to offer the world. This is what holiness is about. Mm. So the church is called to be holy, which means to be distinct and set apart And different. Now, when the church is not distinct from the world, it's not set apart from the world, it's not different from the world, the world will look at the church and say, the church has nothing to offer me because their relationships look exactly the same as my relationships. Their priorities are the same as mine in the workplace. They're the same as me. Does Christianity really change your life? Does it really have anything to offer you? I don't know.
0: Yeah. And so that's why we're chatting about relationships. That's why we're talking about relationships. (laughs) Because sometimes, or most of the time, we look the same in our relationships as the world looks.
1: Yeah. And there's a huge opportunity for the church to show the world what the gospel is through the way that we do relationships. Because if there's anything that's broken in the world right now, in the West, it's relationships. Yeah. And... God presents such a beautiful way for us to do relationships that if we put Christ first and had all of our fulfillment in Him and did relationships the way that God intended for us to do, people would look at the church and go, Oh man, this is this is fantastic. They're so full of joy. They love each other so much. Mm-hmm. And they're so, I need some of that. So that's what holiness is about. Yeah. And as we start to talk about holiness, the rain starts to
0: trickle in our roof. A little pitter-patter. So if you, you just enjoy that. If, you enjoy, if, you're, if you're trying to get to sleep whilst listening to us, that's, that'll be and good if too. you're not,
1: maybe you will now.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think there's a couple of ways that we idolize romantic relationships. Uh, and the first way I want, I want to talk about is that we actually make our spouse or our partner, we try and make that person into our Jesus, our person who's going to fulfill us no matter what, change all our problems mm. and life is just going to be better that side, of, that side of marriage. Or Life is going to be better when you get, the girl, you get your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Do you think that's the case?
1: Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Like I think the world's value uh, of relationships being the end goal. Look, I don't want to say that it isn't different in the church. Because we're in the church and we know that we don't say that, but it, it certainly feels like it's the goal here as well. I mean, it's a cultural thing because it kind of feels like, particularly as a pastor, that there's this idea that of pastors that people have in their head and it's someone who's married with two kids. Mm. And because I'm not married... I constantly have people coming up to me and saying, "Hey, have you thought about this person? Have you thought about that person how like how are you going with finding a spouse blah 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 because getting a spouse will make you a better pastor yeah it'll make me a more normal pastor, <laughs> <laughs> and what it makes me feel like is that is that what you is that what you want me to be? Do you want me to i don't know it's just unhelpful really yeah um, and so, I don't know. I don't think we as the church do present this from the platform as your life will be better with a spouse. However, I think the culture in the church is that we celebrate engagements more than, well, it's the only thing we really get someone to stand up and celebrate. What does that tell you? It says, this is the goal. Yes. Because if this is the thing that we're applauding, and. It, if this is the thing that we're applauding and celebrating more than anything else or, or even like and it's a beautiful thing it's an mm-hmm. incredible thing that we should celebrate but the fact that we celebrate it so much more than we celebrate someone graduating from university or choosing to go on overseas mission or taking up a position of leadership in the church or for goodness sake becoming a Christian you know um, if we celebrated all those things equally that would be awesome wow. But we don't. No,
0: no, and that's yeah, and that's that's why we we think that relationships just relationships are just going to fulfill us. Mm-hmm. I think in my life, you know, I've been I've been uh, with Beck, my my wife, for ten years, mm-hmm. coming up in November. So it's been a long time, a decade uh, with uh, dating her, but now married for three, and it's been phenomenal. I want to say that our mm-hmm. relationship is awesome, and God created us to be in relationship together. That's what that's what I believe. Um, however. After we dated or when we, when we dated or when we get, and then the next step, when we got married, it didn't solve all our problems. (gasps) Really? Shock horror. Oh my goodness. You know what I mean? Like I was, I'm going to get real here. Okay. I was, I I was pretty selfish when I was dating Beck. Mm. We got married and I'm still pretty selfish. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And that's something I need to work on. So getting married.
1: Didn't fix that.
0: Getting married didn't fix that. For wow. example, when when I was when I was dating Beck, she, she came over to my house and we're meant to hang out, right? And then she got there and just before she got there, about five minutes, I got a text message from my brother-in-law and he was like, there's 10 of us, we're going to play backyard cricket at my house. Do you want to come? I messaged him, knowing Beck was going to be there in five minutes time. I said, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. I did. I did. And so Beck rocked up and my mum, it was my, me, and my mum and Beck at home
1: and I was like, See ya. What'd your mum say? Hey, I had a talking to when I got home. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. And so She's a good what, woman. What you're said. saying is nothing's changed.
0: <laughs> well, I'd like to think I'm way better than. We should go than back to the podcast. Yeah. Oh, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that, you know, I've changed dramatically. And yes, I have grown mm-hmm. and my, my maturity and my selfishness has diminished a little bit. But there's still cases in my life where I, where I come home and, you know, I just think about myself and yeah. I'm not serving her the way that she ought to be served. Mm. And so this idea of thinking that that person is going to change us dramatically, that person is going to fix all our problems, all our shortfalls is just not true. Same with money, right? We think we're going to get married, we date, oh, there's two incomes. We can, you know, gather our incomes we'll be able to there'll be heaps, heaps more money and to, to share around. It's just not the case. You get more money, you want more money,
1: right? Yeah it's it what you're saying is really brilliant because it's that whole sense of if I get married then my life will work yes and that's um and what we're thinking is until I get married my life won't work Hmm. right so God is not enough for me right now so I okay flip side so you're you're saying you know you're going into marriage thinking it's going to change things um and look this is, a, this is a problem in the church because we can use this as a strategy for dealing with sin, you know. Um, yeah. So Paul, Paul says in, in uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, um, Now to the unmarried and the widows, I say, it's good for them to stay unmarried as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it's far better to marry than burn with passion my goodness, how many young Christians have gotten married because they burned with passion and someone said, (laughs) well, because you want to have sex, you should probably just get married now, we never deal with the problems behind that of like, well, why do you feel like you want to have sex constantly do you think maybe there's some things going on and you dig deeper and so I do a lot of counseling with guys um, in, in pornography and having conversations with them all the time and something that comes out a lot is they're like, well, won't getting married fix this problem because you know i'm looking at porn all the time and if i get married then i won't need to look at porn because i'm having sex all the time bah, that's not going to happen <laughs> um and if i get married then i'm not going to look at porn anymore it's going to fix my lust okay um i've spoken to enough people who are married uh who i'm i'm counseling through this let me tell you it doesn't fix anything because you're just bringing the same broken expectations and dumping them on your wife. And you're going to quickly learn that you're not going to have sex all the time and that sex isn't about you. Mm. It's about the other person. And so we think that marriage is going to fix our heart and it's going to fix our lust problems and it's not yeah. going to fix your heart and it's not going to fix your lust problems.
0: Yeah. So we, we think if we get a partner, if we date, then our sins just going to dramatically disappear.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's simply not the case. It's not the case because that sounds a whole lot like what Jesus does. <laughs> you know, and in that point, okay, we're idolizing it. Yeah. We're saying this is a God yeah. that Th- can change my heart. Yeah. My partner is just like Jesus. Yeah. Side note, they're
0: not. They're not.
1: Yeah. Yes. And, and you'll crush them. Yeah. You'll utterly crush them if you have the expectation on them that they are going to function as your God in the sense that they're going to fulfill your every need and desire, fill you with joy all the time. Um, They're not. They're a sinful, broken person like you. And if you're putting that on them, you're going to do one of two things. Um, You're going to be frustrated that they're not enough to be God. And you're going to look elsewhere, or you're going to covet other people's partners or you're gonna constantly push them to change. You're gonna be like, I wish you would just be like this. And you're gonna be bitter and resentful that they're not changing. Um, that breaks relationships, those two things. And so, idolizing um, a person will crush them because you're putting the expectations that only God can hold.
0: Yeah, yeah. And w- when we look at rela- romantic relationships as the end goal, it motivates people to just date anyone and marry anyone. Yeah, because I just you know we need to get married. That's the end goal. So you know I'll just get I'll get married to that guy. Mm -hmm. I'll get married to that girl. Yeah,
1: yeah, like I I understand the um, difficulty behind that because the reality is is that those people still exist in a culture and unfortunately a church culture that says you got to get married, you got to get married, you got to get married here's a person, here's a person, here's a person. And just sometimes to just stop the sheer noise of all of that, someone will say, I just want to, okay, fine, I'll just date this guy or I'll just date this girl. And so I understand that, you know, the church is almost pushing people into relationships. Um, say, look, it doesn't matter as long as they love Jesus, just marry them. It's like, ah, oh, come on. You know, yeah. that's silly. Um, and yet uh, we do see the same divorce rates in the church as outside the church. And I think a lot of the time that can be a result of us idolizing relationships, which lead us to be in relationships with people that um, we should have thought about a little bit more before we got engaged. Uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah. And do you think because we see it as the end goal, that's why
1: people, that's why Christians jump into relationships with non-Christians? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because... At that point, one of those things is God. You know, this is why Jesus says you can't worship God and money because there's going to come a point where they conflict with each other because God is going to say, be generous, and your money is going to say, hoard. God's going to say, give the money away. Did I say God? Yeah, God's going to say, give the money away. And, um, you know, greed is going to say, no, 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 spend it on yourself. So sometimes our desire for relationships will say, well, it doesn't matter what relationship this, this guy is amazing, he's mm. awesome, he's, he's strong, he's kinder than the Christian guys that I know, he's more understanding than the Christian guys that I know. And I'll hear people say, he seems more Christian than the Christian guys that I know. Why would God have a problem with me dating this guy? It's yeah. like, well, God does have a problem with you dating that person because they're not a Christian. Yeah. Um, and so at that point, you're saying, my desire to be in a relationship is stronger than my desire for Jesus. Um, Because I'm not willing for Jesus to tell me no. Wow. Uh, And if Jesus tells you no, then you want to listen to him because he knows what's best for you. And he knows why relationships exist. Wow. Yeah. So there's,
0: you know, there's, there's, those two ways we view relationships as the end goal, romantic relationships as the end goal. And because of that, we we view our spouse. We want to get into relationships because they're apparently going to fix all our mess, which is simply not the case. Mm. Um, but if we look at the Bible, and uh, we've mm. already talked about, we're made for relationships first with God, right? Uh, but also made for a relationship with one another. But we cannot we cannot uh, let our our relationships, or, or we cannot um, project our idea of God onto other people. And, wow! And that's what we do. Um. But Psalm, tw- Psalm 73 says this, Who have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. And this Psalm is just really getting to the heart of what we're trying to say. is You know, in everything, before we jump into a relationship, before you jump into a friendship, we must desire a deeper relationship with God first. Absolutely. Like, you, who, who have I in heaven but you? Nothing. There is
1: God. He's just so much better than anything that this world has to offer you. So much better. And the song, um, Chance, Chance the Rapper has, uh, has a line in his song which says, one of his songs, can't remember which one. He's like, God is better than the world's best steak. <laughs> God is better than the world's best steak. And then he says, God is better than the best thing that this world has to offer like it's so true like chance amen yeah because god is so utterly all satisfying that paul says i count all of these things as loss compared to the surpassing is it richness or something of knowing jesus of knowing christ and that is the perfect way to sum up what this is about, because Paul is saying relationships are good. They're so good. Steak is good. It's <laughs> so good. Like approval in its right context is awesome. All of these things are good. They were created by God, um, but God himself is so much infinitely more valuable and beautiful than all of these things, that when you put them next to each other, they're so far apart that Paul says, those other things are almost like nothing. It doesn't mean that they're losing their intrinsic value or worth. Paul's just saying, knowing Jesus is so much better that if I had them, if I didn't have them, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I've learned to be content in much or in little. I've learned to, you know, be content in, in every and all circumstances. I've Riches or poverty is like, I don't care because I know Jesus.
0: Yeah. It's basically saying, you know, God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in Him.
1: Yes. Is that John Piper
0: that I did? It's some amazing theologian. (laughs) It's definitely John Piper. (laughs) You know, Um, God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in Him. And mm. that should
1: be our end goal. You know, I was praying before we recorded this podcast. I was like, God, would that be true? Because what that means is people should be able to see the way that you love Jesus and think he must be so valuable. People, And that's what I was praying. I was like, God, I pray that because I really don't want to communicate that relationships are always an idol. Relationships are so good, but what I was praying is, God, would my joy in you be so thick that you seem so much better than all of these other parts of my life? And that's what John Piper is saying. It's like, when you are satisfied in Jesus, when you are so much more excited about your relationship with Jesus than your relationship with your wife, then suddenly you go, but you love your wife so much. She's amazing. You, you love Jesus that much more? He must be worth knowing. I want to get to know him. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. And that's what... That's why we are created. That's why we are created, and that's when God is most
0: glorified. Yeah. And so to, to sum up, Sam, if you were to, to speak to any single people listening to this podcast, mm. what would you say?
1: I would say you're not missing out. Because Paul was single and he was saying things like that, you know, that he, he had so much joy. There was so much joy that he counted everything else as, as a loss. Um, Jesus was single. And so we can't look at a married person and say they're the epitome of what it means to be a believer because mm, Jesus was the epitome of what we're to aspire to and he was single So we're not missing out. And don't let anybody ever tell you that you're missing out. Um, The gift of singleness is a gift while you have it, and the gift of marriage is a gift while you have it. Both are a gift, and God has given you the season that you're in very intentionally. I am thankful that I'm single right now because I would not be able to do what I'm doing if I was married. And if you know me, you're like, yeah, that's true. It is very true. And that's a gift for a season. I don't know how long the season will last. I don't care because I know that God is achieving purposes in me now that he can only achieve while I'm single. And if I get married, it'll be for a purpose and for a reason to proclaim the riches and glories of Jesus. So press into whatever God has for you right now because God is not holding out on you. That's the lie of the enemy that began in Genesis 2 or three, whenever the fall happened, when Satan was like, hey, God's holding out on you. It's like, God's not holding out on you. He's not holding back your spouse and waiting for the moment where you finally get your acts together so he can give them to you. That's dumb. That's the lie of the enemy. God is not holding out. He's given you what you need to do what he's called you yeah. to do right now. Yeah.
0: And, and to those people who, who are married or, or maybe dating, I just want to really clearly ask you guys a question is, what are your expectations to your partner? You know, what I mean, are we? Are you putting? Are you putting? Are you projecting God onto them? Are you imagining that they're your God and they're going to fulfill absolutely everything because they're just not? You know, relationships are awesome. I've been dating Beck. I've been together with uh, t- together with Beck for ten years, right? But it's not going to change absolutely everything. It's not going to get rid of my sin. Only Jesus can do that. Yeah. So what are your expectations on your partner? And to flip that, we should be thinking, how can I serve my partner rather than how can my partner serve me? Well, what can I get from my partner? And so I think we're going we're gonna to leave it there. Hopefully uh, you've, you've really uh, been interested in the, the fact that relationships can be an idol. They are an idol in our world and it is now you know, projected into our church and into our culture and so we're just hoping that you will see God as your ultimate source of comfort. You will see God as your ultimate source of fulfillment because nothing else will fulfill you as much as God can, as much as Jesus has already done on the cross and get paved a way for us to get into heaven. So we hopefully we, we hope you guys are enjoying this podcast. But ultimately, we need to remember that renewal in our generation must start with a renewal of our hearts. Thanks, guys. All episodes of Generation Podcast have been researched by 10 members of St. Paul's Castle Hill in Sydney. This episode in particular has been researched by Ryan Thomas. We just want to thank you for your faithful service.